Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Black Forum. You've got me, Hushbo, driving this train this evening. It's February 27th, 2016. Welcome to the Hushbo Black Forum again. We've got a great, great show for you this evening. It's the last weekend of uh, Black History Month. Uh, so this, we're going to have some fun out here this evening. We're going to be dealing primarily with uh, uh, Black History. So, so, uh, we got a call in. Let's. Get, we got to get this out here. We got to get our call in number because we want. Uh, we do want to take a few calls this evening. Uh, we got a free call in one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. That's a free call in number to the Hushbow Black Forum. If anyone want to join in and uh, uh, participate in our uh, festivities uh, this evening, uh, once again welcome. Uh, we advocate out here on the Hushmo Black Forum, advocate for, for social justice on behalf of Americans of African descent. Not because we don't love everybody, we do. Uh, it's just by uh, extension that we find ourselves advocating for that uh, community. Um, our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And not in a session, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk. Uh, we, we really don't like to get loud. Uh, we like to try to keep everything on an even keel. They projected the winner for South Carolina already for Hillary Clinton, and I don't know how they could do that. And the poll just closed. They got a projected winner in South Carolina. Uh, this is MSNBC, y'all. Come on now. Come on. That's almost unfair. How are you going to project a winner in the polls just closed? What kind of counting is they doing? It took the Republicans four days to count up all the votes, y'all. Either the Democrats are awfully good at this thing or the Republicans are awful bad. I'm not sure uh, which is which, but I'm, I would imagine that it's somewhere in between uh, those two extremes. 59 delegates at stake in the uh, South Carolina Democratic primary, so uh, somebody's got a chance to win... Uh, well, it's only Bernie and uh, Hillary, so uh, I, I'm thinking it's proportional. So Hillary can 24 delegates awarded, plus the six uh, super delegates. What? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, y'all. How in the world could they? How, how could they? Let's let's tune in. Let's see what's going on.
Wow. I, I'm still, you know, amazed that they can uh, that they can uh, announce a candidate this early, y'all. We we've got to. Uh, I, I, it's just amazing. Uh, it used to take weeks, to, <laughs> literally almost weeks, to uh, to uh, figure out a candidate, a winner, you know, and now. They're doing it in uh, in no time. Hey, y'all, we forgot to play our anthem. We're going to get it on for you. This is our new anthem. Y'all uh, get your questions because we've got a lot going on. It's Black History Month. This is the end of it. This is our Black History Show. Uh, I don't know how we got a month, but we are going to get into some of our black history here in this country. We're not going to deal with uh, the... Uh, diaspora, the African diaspora, we're just going to limit it to uh, uh, people of African descent uh, here in America. We're going to we're gonna have some fun with it. So uh, y'all hang in and uh, uh, we'll be right back. Uh, listen, uh, this is our uh, new anthem. Broken down and dying Yeah. 
Hey y'all, welcome back. Wow. This thing looks crazy in South Carolina, y'all. And some lady trying to make some point. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is crazy, y'all. Hillary looks like she's up 89 to 13 percent right now. 87 to 13. Wow. Wow. This looks like a real beat down, y'all. This looks like a real beat down here. Yeah, absolutely. And one Wow. Black History Month, y'all. Black History Month really uh, started out as uh, one day, I believe, and then it uh, progressed to one week. Uh, around 1928, I believe, uh, Carter G. Woodson. Um, Carter G. Woodson, you know, of the uh, miseducation of the Negro fame. Uh, book he published back in 1933, uh, uh, talking about the miseducation of uh, America's African descent at that time. Uh, he kicked that whole thing off, uh, advocating for some kind of recognition for uh, America's African descent, uh, in that uh, they had been just about written out of uh, history, uh, history here in this country, believe it or not, in the uh, academic uh, uh, settings uh, that uh, was being taught to our kids in schools. So uh, he uh, got that thing, that whole thing kicked off back there in uh, uh, 1928. Uh, and now we got a whole month. Uh, it's evolved into a whole month. I, I, I tend to believe that every, every day is uh, black history. Uh, Wow. 
were telling me, no way. They, they said a Ruby, a basic ticket they could get behind, but they don't like what they have heard so far from Donald Trump. Now, he's headed to Florida, but what are we talking about here? It, you, we could all sit here and talk about it, but I, I think it was mm. very hard to, to David's point, bringing in the E word, the establishment candidate, uh, Republicans, that they will. And Donald says it too, and they will break away. There's two things I think we have to keep in mind about the establishment. It's proved itself to me neither as powerful or as smart as anybody thought they were. And I mean, and I mean I'm not being uh, you know, insulting by uh, my purpose here. The fact is, wow. very bright people. I mean, you've got 200 people meeting donors from the donor class, meeting to listen to the Rubio campaign talk about a brokerage convention. The odds of that are impossibly small that it would occur. Yeah, the people behind Jeff. Let's go to, uh, they're talking about, uh, We are uh, celebrating Black History Month, uh, uh, y'all. Yeah. Our history go back to, uh, I guess you could say, go back to uh, 1492. Thereabouts when Columbus sailed, he had a black navigator on uh, one of the ships to get him over here. He was lost. Christopher Columbus was lost in 1492 trying to get to the Indian Ocean, you know, where that vast, the largest uh, uh, trans-ocean trade at that time in the world was the uh, Indian Ocean, uh, selling from India to Europe to the east coast of Africa. And that's where uh, Columbus was headed, trying to find a uh, shorter route the Indian Ocean from Spain and from that part of uh, Europe. And uh, he wound up all the way over in uh, uh, America, lost. Uh, the only thing he discovered uh, is the fact that he was lost and uh, and that he had a black navigator on that uh, initial voyage. Uh, uh, I suppose we could date our history back to 1492. If not, there's some arguments to be made that blacks, Africans, was here in this hemisphere, in this, uh, 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 these Americas before then, long before then. Now, we're we, we going to leave that for another time, but uh, we're just going to deal with uh, our history from 1492. We're going to bring it forward from there. And you know uh, how that thing, how that whole uh, West African slave trade got started was uh, by uh, the authority of uh, the Catholic Church, believe it or not. The Catholic Church kicked that thing off. Uh, uh, Pope Nicholas uh, V in 1452, he issued a, what they call a Dom Diversa. This is a, a, a papal bull, they call it. This is a, some uh, edict uh, from the Pope to the bishops, all the Catholic bishops around the world. When that, when he sent out a darn papal bull 
that's a, a direction that uh, the church should go. Uh, uh, the authority coming from the Pope uh, on some particular issue or some particular uh, uh, position that the Catholic Church is uh, taking up. And in 1452, when he issued that Dom de Versa, it was given permission to the King of Spain and the King of Portugal to enslave, to enslave uh, the Africans, the uh, people of West Africa, and all other uh, non-believers. But uh, primarily, uh, it kicked off that West African slave trade. The papal Dom de Versa of 1452, issued by uh, Pope Nicholas V. Uh, kicked off the West African slave trade by giving permission to the King of Spain and the King of Portugal to enslave the Africans. And uh, uh, that's what happened uh, from then on. Portugal and Spain, uh, Spain was the first one into that uh, uh, the transatlantic uh, slave trade. They uh, uh, Now England and uh, uh, Anglo-Saxons uh, took that thing over uh, thereafter, but initially it was... Uh, Portugal and Spain, who started that thing, and at the uh, at the behest of uh, uh, the po- uh, the Catholic Pope Nicholas V. So uh, when you when you when you start talking about when you start talking about uh, the Church and its uh, 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 its uh, 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 involvement in uh, enslaving uh, the Africans, uh, I, I can go back to that. We can go. History uh, takes us right back to uh, that dumb diversity that uh, Pope Nicholas V issued in 1452. So uh, that that started that whole West African slave trade that went on for the next 400 years, y'all. Uh, yeah, that went on for the next 400 years uh, uh, and uh, displaced some, uh, well, millions of uh, Africans, drug them out of Africa and enslaved them in some foreign land. That's just a, uh, that's just a, a crazy, crazy uh, uh, a thing that happened after that. Uh, millions uh, of people. Uh, uh, humans uh, sold into slavery, uh, uprooted from their uh, homeland, uh, sold all over the world as uh, slaves. Thousands died, uh, dying in the uh, that mill passage. Uh, thousands died in that mill passage, which took over thirty uh, to sixty days to. Uh, cross uh, that Atlantic while chained to the bottom of ships. Uh, just a horrible, horrible uh, episode in uh, uh, man's history. Just a horrible, horrible uh, exercise of uh, man's inhumanity toward his fellow man. Uh, I don't. I put it right there at the top. I don't see any point. I don't see anything in history that uh, has surpassed it uh, in my uh, in my judgment. Surely not uh, uh, the Holocaust, uh, which was horrible within itself, but uh, 
on a 400 year scale uh nothing nothing come close to that uh that african uh, slave trade and uh, the enslavement of uh, uh millions of uh africans and uh decultural uh deculturalizing uh, them to the point where uh they uh they lost all uh contact with their uh, previous uh, existence uh, in Africa uh, to where we're at today. We uh, here uh, today, we got some 45 to 50 million uh, Americans of African descent uh, who uh, are descendants of those uh, African slaves uh, who are still uh, economically deprived and in a, uh, a second-class uh, uh, economic position here in this country because of uh, racism, because of uh, uh, separate equal laws that uh, uh, prevented us from uh, uh, assimilating, assimilating into uh, uh, the larger white society here in this country. This is even after the Civil War. Uh, a civil war was fought to get rid of the, the institution of slavery. Uh, that thing uh, took some 600,000 lives, that civil war from 1861 to 1865. That thing uh, took uh, over 600,000 American lives, including uh, uh, about 100,000 uh, uh, Africans, Americans of African descent, was killed in that civil war, y'all. Yeah. They wouldn't just sit idly by uh, when that war was going on. Just a horrible, horrible uh, part of our history that most historians try to uh, uh, distort uh, now and uh, come up with all kinds of crazy uh, a re, uh, rewriting of uh, our history. Uh, uh, but uh, we're still here. And, and still we rise, uh, as uh, the lady said on the uh, uh, song, uh, we are still, rise, are still rising up, and we'll do it a thousand times again, if that's what it takes uh, in this country. And, and Lord knows we, we, <laughs> we got to keep on rising. We, we, can't, uh, we can't stop. We got to keep on rising. Uh, we got to take another pause for the calls here and try to see what's going on out front, y'all. We'll be right back. Y'all hanging there. You got me, Hushmo. We, we're going to get into our black history when we come back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back to welcome back to National Baseball. We're running crazy this evening. Uh, we out here celebrating Black History Month. We uh, going to be getting into it here. Uh, got a couple of uh, a couple of excerpts from uh, my book dealing with uh, Black History here in the country that we're going to be uh, getting into here. Uh, Clinton wins overwhelmingly. Did anyone think she wasn't going to win South Carolina overwhelmingly? Uh, Could anyone have imagined that she wasn't going to do that? Wow. Now I'm trying to see how many how many voters turned out for the Republican thing there. Uh, wow. Wow. For that Republican, uh, she's going to work hard. She's going to bring her message throughout the United States to all types of communities, and I'm confident that uh, that if our nominee is Hillary Clinton. She can win in November, whether they put up Donald Trump, Cruz, Rubio, or any of the others. I have one impertinent question for you, Mr. Secretary, as we await uh, the victory speech by Secretary Clinton tonight in South Carolina, uh, and that is, um, do you want to be vice president? It's not my job. I don't have the ability to offer you the job, but a lot of people are wondering uh, if she is going to potentially offer you that job, and I wonder about your interest in playing that kind of a role. Yeah, I, I haven't given it thought because nobody's asked. So, uh, and actually, I'm, I'm focused on, on my day job and trying to do a good job there. Uh, I've said for a long time now that I fully expect to be back in Texas a year from now, uh, but I'm very happy to support Hillary because I think that, that she would make the best president to continue the momentum from Barack Obama's administration, uh, and happy to support her. William Castro, our nation's Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. I really appreciate you being wow. here. Wow. Thank you very much. We, uh... One of the things uh, that's so fascinating about our history here in the country is, uh, unlike any other uh, group of people, is that uh, we have had to completely reinvent our uh, 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 – we have – had to completely reinvent our uh, uh, makeup. They stripped during the 300 years of slavery, three to 400 years of slavery here in this country, uh, our whole culture, African culture was stripped. Unlike any other minority who come to this country, whether it be the Italians, the Irish, the Polish, or what, those people, the Germans, those people hang on to Some of their uh, 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 culture from uh, wherever they came, some of their languages. Now, everybody uh, evolved into English, but uh, for the Africans that came here to this country, it went way beyond just stripping away uh, uh, the language. And uh, they stripped away every ounce of black culture 
breed it, uh, the Africans, across uh, not only amongst uh, the different uh, uh, people of Africa, but across every other uh, uh, ethnic group here in the country. Uh, so it, it, our experience here is like none other uh, that I can, of any other uh, uh, group of people that the world's ever known, that I can uh, find in history. And I'm a history uh, major here in school. Uh, I'm still going to school, y'all. But uh, I've not came across another group of people who has been, uh, uh, who has went through uh, such a drastic transformation in their uh, history as uh, America's African descent. Nowhere in world's history that I can find uh, that, uh, and, and yet we still rise, as the song said, and yet we still rise and we'll do it a thousand times again and again. Uh, we can't stop rising. We still got a long ways to go because uh, we still, uh, at the bottom of the totem pole here in this country, uh, economically, uh, uh, we made a lot of progress. No doubt we've made a lot of progress. This is James Clyburn, you know. James Clyburn, South Carolina, Hillary supporter. He's talking. See what he's talking about here. We, we're we going to be dipping in and out here. Hillary's coming on to speak, y'all. She's coming on to talk about her victory in South Carolina, which has never been in doubt. Uh, in South Carolina now, still a long race. This is only the third, uh, what, fourth state who has voted here, so we still got a long ways to go. Yeah. See what Hillary's talking about here. Uh, can't see what the Republicans got to say.
Yeah, it does. Super Tuesday is coming up. So yeah, that's y'all. Y'all check out uh, the uh, South Carolina primary uh, after the show here. After the Hushmo Black get off the air, y'all can uh, check that thing out a little more. But uh, we're going to get into our Black History. Uh, we're going to continue with our Black History show. This is our Black History show. We like to uh, uh, every year the last show of, uh, of February. Uh, we like to uh, kind kind of uh, delve into our history here. Since uh, this month has been uh, 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 dedicated to Black History, I don't, I don't know who gave us this month, but we'll take advantage of it. We need every every benefit we can get. Of course, I'm still looking for reparations. Uh, I'm still looking for reparations for uh, injury suffered under uh, suffered equal. Not so much for slavery. That's uh, in my mind, that was such a, a uh, catastrophic uh, uh, inhumanity that uh, uh, there's no way we can, uh, there's no way I can uh, place a dollar amount on it. There is no dollar amount that'll satisfy uh, uh, that will satisfy that inhumanity. The only uh, the only source that can uh, bring justice to that is. Uh, a higher power. Uh, I turned it over to my higher power, the man upstairs, uh, uh, some time ago. Uh, my reparation uh, advocacy is for uh, 14th Amendment uh, violations, the separate equal laws that uh, was in place for some 90 years, 100 years really after the Civil War, uh, that uh, injured uh, me. Uh, my family and my people here in this country uh, severely uh, impacted our ability to uh, uh, rise economically uh, here in the country. So we we uh, we uh, base our uh, uh, reparations uh, uh, demands. Uh, based on those uh, injuries uh, suffered uh, uh, under uh, the separate equal laws uh, that uh, deprived us of uh, equal access to uh, economic uh, advancement here in the country, educational, uh, uh, real estate, uh, uh, public uh, uh, access, uh, just every... uh, kind of way you can imagine in the society. Uh, when Plessy, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896 codified all of the uh, separate equal laws that was in place uh, in the various uh, states throughout the country that effectively uh, separated uh, America's African descent out of the largest society. Uh, Plessy uh, uh, effectively separated uh, black Americans out of uh, white society here in the country. Uh, that's what it did, and uh, had a uh, profound effect on uh, on our ability to uh, 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 create wealth. Uh, starting with starting with, and one of the most uh, uh, significant uh, injustices was uh, the denial. Uh, of uh, access to the real estate that was set aside in the Southern Homestead Act. The Southern Homestead 
the Southern Homestead Act of 1866 set aside some 46 million acres of property uh, in five southern states uh, that was uh, primarily designed to give the ex-slaves access to real estate after uh, they had been emancipated, to give them a foothold uh, from which to uh, uh, assimilate into society with their own uh, 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 property and uh, a way to uh, create uh, and uh, uh, take care of themselves with their own property. They had every tool imaginable to uh, 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 take advantage of uh, uh, their freedom uh, if they had been allowed to uh, uh, take hold of this 46 million acres of uh, uh, land. That Southern Homestead Act, few people know about it, and a few people want to talk about it because they want to kind of push that under the table when we start talking about the injustices that occurred. Uh, they want to tell you that everything is equal now, that uh, uh, after the slaves was emancipated, everything was equal. No, it wasn't. They denied us. We, we're not talking about some 40 acres and a mule. That's the biggest farce uh, uh, in the world that uh, we were uh, looking for some 40 acres and a mule. We were not looking for 40 acres and a mule. What we were looking for and uh, was uh, owed, really, that was uh, the first attempt at reparations, was uh, that 46 million acres of property set aside in the Southern Homestead Act of 1866. That, that act, uh, stayed on the books for uh, uh, ten years until seventeen uh, uh, to eighteen seventy six when it was repealed by the Southern De- Democrats and the Northern aristocrats who uh, rebelled against giving uh, blacks land because they knew they would have lost all of the labor, uh, the cheap labor source that uh, uh, that uh, they had they put on. Uh, 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 squeezing it out of the ex-slaves there, who uh, was put into a position where they had to uh, deal with uh, this sharecropping and all that craziness for the next hundred years. Uh, 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 that 46 acres of property that was set aside in the Southern Homestead Act, uh, uh, roughly 3 million acres was distributed across uh, uh, the citizens of the South and with a less than 10% of it going to black folks. Uh, rest of the 43 uh, million acres was left un, un, uh, uh, distributed. They it turned back to the federal government in 1876 when they repealed it because white people in the South and, and uh, the uh, industrialists in the North raised so much hell about giving uh, blacks their proper due that uh, uh, they would never uh, allow uh, that to happen. They repealed that thing, took it off the books. When the Southern, when the Homestead Act of 1862, uh, that was uh, the Homestead Act that set aside over 240 million acres of land in the West. Oklahoma, people now talking about the, the state of uh, uh, Nevada and uh, uh, Utah and all those states, uh, Oklahoma being so predominantly uh, federally owned. Well, that land that those ranchers got out there <coughs> was federal land set aside in the 
Homestead Act of 1862. They set aside 240 million acres, and mostly white people got that land. Ranches and whatnot, they, can't, they gobbled that land up, and that thing stayed on the books until the 1930s. And it still might be on there. It may have been longer than that. They still got land out there on, a, on that share, uh, that uh, Homestead Act of 1862. They never did repeal it. It went away. But uh, uh, the little 46 million acres uh, here set aside here in the South for blacks, they uh, 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 raised their ugly heads up, uh, much like they're doing for Obama, uh, the uh, Affordable uh, uh, Health Care Act, uh, uh, because they uh, couldn't see fit in their heart and pass their uh, uh, racism, really. Now, I, I, you know, a lot of people don't like to... Uh, uh, to talk about it in those terms, but that, that's exactly what it was about. He was trying to keep uh, the ex-slaves in their place. He was trying to keep them at a, a subservient position in the society where uh, you could extract cheap uh, uh, labor uh, uh, off of uh, off the ex-slaves, off of my family, and uh, Americans were African descent by the millions. Uh, that's what happened. You did it. They uh, succeeded uh, by repealing that Southern Homestead Act. Y'all check it out because a lot of folks uh, miss that part of our history. They get uh, confused with uh, the 46 million acres of land set aside in the Southern Homestead Act with this 40 acres in a mule of BS that uh, uh, people have been putting forward uh, uh, for all these years. That is not the land. That is not the mass uh, 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 land that we needed in the first place. Uh, uh, what we uh, was due and had been set aside was the 46 million acres that was uh, put forth in that Southern Homestead Act that the Lincoln and the abolitionists and the Congress had worked on all during uh, the Civil War. And uh, after Lincoln died, uh, the Congress finally put it in place in 1866 with, uh, uh, over the objections of uh, then-President Andrew Johnson, the Confederate President Andrew Johnson. He tried to veto it. They had to override his veto two or three times just to get the thing passed, just to get the thing passed. He was uh, giving the South back control of the South as fast as he could. Uh, if it don't be for the Congress, uh, the uh, Republican Party, the party of Lincoln, uh, uh, back then, who was uh, who impeached that guy uh, from the day uh, they got back in session in 1865 until uh, he got out of office. Uh, he should have went to jail for some of the, uh, and they're talking about uh, a bad president, uh, no good president. That was uh, one Andrew Johnson. That was one Andrew Johnson, y'all. And, uh, uh, and I hear Rubio talking about uh, he's trying to protect uh, the party of Lincoln and Reagan. He don't know in the South. The South, these Southern uh, 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 people don't care nothing about no party of Lincoln. They joined that Republican Party for one thing. That is to destroy it. And that's exactly the party of Lincoln. They want to uh, confiscate that thing and, and blow it up from the inside. And that's exactly what has happened over the last 20 years, y'all. Uh, the uh, the South uh, Dixocrats, the former Dixocrats, are now part of that Republican Party. And Rubio talking about show you how little he knew about American history. He's still uh, running around the South talking about some party of Lincoln. 
He's lucky they don't hang him down there talking about Lincoln. Shit. Oh, somebody hit that button. We, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, don't get the Hushmo started talking about uh, uh, the party of Lincoln. Uh, the party of Lincoln today is, is not uh, uh, the Republican Party of uh, President Abraham Lincoln, uh, no kind of way. It wouldn't even be the party of uh, Ronald Reagan today. Not that, not what they got out there now masquerading as a Republican Party. Uh, Donald Trump is uh, <laughs> Donald Trump is going to uh, uh, really uh, cause it to. Uh, well, he's going to accelerate the destruction of it. That's what he's doing now before our very eyes is accelerating the destruction of that uh, Republican Party uh, for what uh, for all the good it is. Hey, y'all, we got a free call in one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four to the Hushmo Black Forum, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not necessarily sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk, y'all. We don't like to... Uh, Go there. We like to keep everything on an even keel. Facebook friends, how y'all doing? I know some of my friends up in Ohio have been catching holy heck with the uh, weather, but uh, it's winter, y'all. That's what y'all do up there. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah. We, uh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh. Get me started about the Republican Party, because that Republican Party, Hillary's still speaking, giving her victory speech. Uh, people trying to figure out what happened. Well, they know what happened. Hell, we do. Well, this ain't no surprise. Hillary got 77% of the vote up there in South Carolina with uh, how many people, how many votes in? 10%, 20%, 15% in? Clinton could win by 40 plus points in South Carolina. Wow. Yeah, Hillary ain't no joke, y'all. She ain't no joke. Not only is she uh, not a joke, she's the best qualified candidate to be president, Democrat or Republican, or anything else out there that want to run. She is the most qualified person to be president of this country in these trying times, uh, by a long shot. It's not even it's not even close. It's not even close, folks. Uh, any sensible, sane, rational American uh, could uh, uh, look at this thing uh, and, and uh, figure out in no time that uh, this lady uh, is the most qualified uh, candidate running for uh, a president and most ready to be uh, take over that job of president here in this country, y'all. Uh. Because it's crazy. Anything else that you talk about is crazy. Uh, Rubio or Cruz or Donald Trump or well, those are the only three. You got Kasich. Kasich would be the best uh, Republican, and I'm being objective now. If I if I had to vote for a, a Republican, it would be John Kasich from Ohio. He's the only adult over there. Donald Trump is a good show. And he's consistent with what he's talking about now. I give him credit for that. He's consistent. He's consistently talking about absolutely nothing <laughs> that, uh, about p policy now. I'm just talking about policy. He, he, he definitely want to build a wall, but he wants his company to do it. 
he he want he want to build a wall and he want the government to pay him ten billion dollars to do it. He said he'll get it done for ten billion. Everybody else will cost them uh, the government two hundred billion. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how Donald's going to cut him, uh, 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 cut that price down that short. But he said he can. Now. He said he can do it. So if he said he can do it, that maybe he can. I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm a little skeptical whether he can do that or not. I'd be a little skeptical, but he said he can. He, uh, but that's the only thing he he's talking about. Uh, he's talking about. Uh, go ahead, uh, you're on the hospital platform here. We just uh, brought you right online here. What you got on your mind? Oh, I just tuning in, bro. Uh, listening to you. Uh, I. Um, I heard what you said. You're talking about Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I would disagree. Um, But let me ask you, um, what, what in particular, what particular character are you saying that Hillary has that would make her a uh, good choice? What, what character? A, be- a better choice than uh, uh, say who? I mean, just to her uh, her background. In my opinion, this is just my opinion. In my opinion, she uh, is more qualified to deal with, uh, especially foreign policy, uh, from her uh, time as uh, Secretary of State. Uh, uh, she was a uh, two-term uh, senator from New York, a humongous state that gave her all kind of uh, a political experience. And uh, when you put that against uh, Rubio, who's uh, or Cruz or Donald Trump, or it's almost it's not even a, a close contest. So we got to weigh her qualifications against uh, the characters uh, that are running. Uh, yeah, you know, in my opinion, I I, I think that um, which I well, well, first of all, let me say that I look at it. Looking at it from a perspective as um, African in America, mm-hmm. um, I don't think, as far as you know, black folk are concerned, I don't think it really matters uh, which one gets in there. <clears throat> but now, having said that, um, I, I think it would be better for the president to be have less of a um, political background because I think you got, you know, your senators, uh, your congressmen, um, all of these guys are slippery, right? These are your politicians. They're liars, they're cheaters. Um, I, I, and so that's what I see Hillary as. Now, I know um, all of my liars and cheaters, but I think the less of a political background you have, I think to provide that, uh, how would you say, um, like oil and water. Now, I'm I'm neither a Democrat or a Republican, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, I actually believe Donald Trump <clears throat> would make a good. Again, I keep that's a keep in mind. I said none of them, <laughs> as far as black folk. It doesn't uh-huh. matter. But uh-huh. as far as what America stands for, I, I th- actually think Donald Trump 
would be a better president, not because he knows any policy. Mm. I believe Donald Trump represents the entrepreneurial spirit of America, which Mm -hmm. ultimately that's what this country was all about. So I think he would uh, kind of revive that spirit, um, you know, and let the politicians be politicians. So I I I I, I could never see myself voting for Hillary Clinton. Never. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, uh, 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 you know, I I got some uh, uh, respect for Donald Trump. I, he he was just uh, as a business person. As a business person, but Donald Trump would scare me to death. Uh, 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 having the keys to the nuclear arsenal uh, uh, that the president has, he is really, in my opinion, too unstable to uh, 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 place that much uh, 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 responsibility on. Uh, just that alone, just just that alone, him being able to uh, deal with the nuclear arsenal uh, that. Uh, 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 is a big part of a president's job would uh, disqualify Donald Trump in my that disqualifies him in my mind, and it also disqualifies Ted Cruz and uh, Marco Rubio for me, because I don't think either one of those guys are stable enough to uh, have that responsibility. Now, John Kasich, if I was looking at a Republican, I'm neither Democrat or Republican myself. I I'm a registered Democrat, but I really uh, just because I have to be registered one party or another here in Georgia, which is where I come from, and I am an African-American. I mean, that's what I, you know, I'm American of African descent is what I am. I'm not any of that other stuff. I'm an American first of African descent. That's nothing else. But but just looking at the Republican Party, if I had to choose one of those candidates over there, it would be John Kasich, the governor from Ohio. I think that guy is the, the only adult over there now. Uh, I give Donald Trump. Donald Trump's got some uh, uh, selling skills and entrepreneurial skills that uh, could be uh, relevant uh, 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 in, uh, uh, in 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 America. But I, I, I'm for just looking at politics, and I, I've been around a long time. I've been following politics since uh, John Kennedy ran back in 1958, and, and uh, I'm of the opinion that a poli- uh, the president has to have some political skills. I, I want my president to have some political skills. Uh, uh, that's what the, uh, the job uh, entails, and uh, don't, Trump don't possess those in my mind, but I can see where people are flocking to him, uh, uh, and I don't begrudge you for that, uh, certainly. But uh, uh, what's your name again? You're from where? Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm calling from Michigan, bro. I've, I've, I've called into your show a couple of times. Let me let me say this one thing. I don't know how, how uh, deep you are into business, but uh, uh, business certainly requires a good amount of uh, uh, political skill, a good amount. I would probably say um, more political skill than being an elected official. Um. I I don't think Donald Trump would have any uh, problem uh, compromising, uh, um, you know, going along to get along to get certain things done as he got it. I don't I don't I don't see him having that problem. Um, I actually see Hillary Clinton being more hard to get along with on the political um, front than Donald Trump. I believe that. Let me put it this way. 
I believe that Donald Trump would be able to get along with more Democrats than Hillary Clinton would be able to get along with Republicans. What do you think about that? Uh, I tell you what, that's that's a that's a uh, 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 that's 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 something to look at. That's something to look at. I, I won't uh, 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 argue with you too much about that or debate that too much with you because you might have a point there. You might you might have a real uh, uh, point there. Like I said, the the thing that disqualified Donald Trump to me is uh, I don't see how uh, I don't believe as an ex-military person, uh, that that guy is nowhere near stable enough to command our military with the power our military has uh, that would disqualify, that disqualifies Donald in my mind. What you make, the argument you make about him being able to uh, get along with the Democrats, I'm sure he could because he's a deal maker. You know, I don't even think the guy's racist. I don't don't think he's racist. Yeah, let me ask you a question before before I leave my thought on that. Yeah, let me. I'm sorry, I wanted to lose my thought. I'm glad you brought the military. Uh, okay. I've been since you've been in. You can answer this question. Now you had mentioned about, uh, and you've heard this mentioned a lot about uh, he's not, she's not stable with the red button, or she's not stable with the red button. Now, and it, it almost kind of sometimes people make it seem simplistic, like uh, the president walks around with a briefcase that he can just pop open and uh, push a nuclear. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, believe it or not, that's almost the case. It ain't quite that simple, but that is almost the case. That president has a briefcase that his attaché carry around, his military attaché follow him with at all times, and that guy can, that guy can, he can tell a submarine halfway around the world to fire his uh, that missile arsenal, and by the time the Congress uh, uh, get involved in the thing. He could destroy the world, the president alone. Yes, he he's got that kind of authority. Now, the, the Constitution says something about the Congress is the only one that has the uh, authority to uh, declare war. That may be true, but the president can start more hell. The president can destroy this whole world before Congress have a chance to declare anything. Uh, uh, and that's a, well, that's now, a and fact. I, I've never been in the military uh, uh, I, I'm on a, I'm, I'm, I want to take your word there because you have been in the military, but I, I, I some of me telling me that that uh, you, you might be dramatizing that just a little bit, but I'm, like I said, I haven't been in the military, so I do want to take your word that uh, the uh, president is almost that simple that he can command someone to open his briefcase and let me push his button. I, I don't see that, bro. Absolutely, he can. There can't nobody stop him in this world. That's just a fact. That's wow. how much power. That's how much power that president's got. It's like you know, he's one third of the uh, government, and his main job is commander in chief of the military. And can nobody in Congress? Can nobody do anything with what he starts? Now they can come along sometime down the road and say, "Whoa, uh, you didn't have authority to start this conflict." By the end, uh, uh, he could have uh, destroyed this whole world. That's just a fact. Now you can check it out uh, some other time. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was in, I was in Vietnam back in the '60s. I mean, I left out of that place on a on a stretcher. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, well, let me, I, let me, I, let me, let me, hey, go ahead. Go ahead. I appreciate your opinion. I really appreciate your okay. opinion. I won't tell you. I'm not here to, uh, uh, you know, try to persuade uh, anyone one way or the other. Right, right, right. I just like to see right, I got you. I just like black people to be involved in the political process and stay engaged. Yeah, I it. get it. 
you know, that's my uh, whole thing. Yeah. I don't know black for him. But, uh, go ahead. What else you yeah, got? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say one more quick thing. I'll let you uh, finish up. Okay. Uh, now, now bringing it home uh, as it relates to black folk mm-hmm. and of their relationship to Democrats or Republicans. I do want to bring it home. Okay. Um, the, in my opinion, and I believe I could pretty much kind of bear these facts out, as it relates to a relationship standpoint of how the black community fares when it deals with the Democratic Party and Republican Party. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, I think they chip at that. Uh, but if you notice, brother, the Democratic Party, all the way down to the state level and even at the county level, are raping the black community. Not the Republican Party, the Democratic Party. Okay, okay I'm going to get and into that I'll get into that a little bit with you, but uh, you say you're from Michigan. Who do you have in charge yeah. of Michigan? Uh, who uh, 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 turned the water supply off in Flint, Michigan, up there? Was that a Republican governor or a Democrat? Who's in charge of that okay, government well, in Flint, Michigan? I'm just saying. Okay, but yeah, well, let me, let me say this because I, I was a. And that, see, and this is why I think black we so immature as it relates to politics. The governor does not. His hand is not on the tap for water. Did he uh, not? Flint, did he? Did he? Did it? Whoa! 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 Did he not? Did oh. he not replace elected officials in uh, Flint, Michigan, with his own uh, uh, people? Did he not okay. do that? Let me, let me let me let me let me back up again so I can. Like you said, you was in the military, right? Okay. Uh-huh. I was on the city council in a city in um, Michigan. So I'm going to uh-huh. tell you how. We're talking about Flint, though. I'm going to show you. How, well, well, what I'm going to do is show you how municipal water plants work. That's the key. That that Flint's water plant is a municipal water plant, which are most water plants within municipalities. The state does not own them. They certainly regulate them but the sole owner of those water plants are the city council. Now, we got to start there. So now, if we're going to try to chase down the rabbit hole and say, aha, the governor is the fault for rusty water, that's ludicrous. It's ludicrous, brother. So so, so you're saying that Governor Scott up there in, in uh, 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 Michigan, what uh, I thought the book stopped with the uh, guy at the top. I mean, because everything uh, I've ever known about politics, uh, the book stopped with the top man. It, it was his guy. Okay, now you. Who, uh, it was his guy who uh, uh, sent uh, information to the governor saying that in order to save two or three million dollars a year, it would be better for the city of Flint to stop using water from Detroit and take the water out of the Flint River. Now this is okay. a person. Everything I read about them, everything I gather, now you're much closer to the situation than me. You may know uh, a, a lot more about it than me. But according to every report that I see, in fact, the governor of Michigan got to go to, in front of Congress in the next two two weeks here to explain exactly what happened there. I, I got you. But the, the, the actually the water was not, wasn't the problem. It was the corrosion on the inside of the main intake lines which caused the uh, contamination, not even the water itself. 
All right, so that's that's key too to know. All right. Now, so now once you know that, brother, now that you have to go back to my original statement, that water plant, the mm-hmm. pipes, the condition of the pipes, and the condition of the water coming out of those taps into people's homes is Flint's responsibility first, that municipality, that corporation, not the state. Uh. I you know I, I, okay okay we're gonna see we're gonna let that thing trans we're gonna let that thing play its way out because right now it looks like to me the governor's <laughs> in real the governor's okay. in real hot water so I ain't gonna go down the road with you on that too far but we'll get back to the Democrats we'll get back to the Democrats and the Republican Party how uh, those two uh, 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 political parties uh, affect the black community okay 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 uh, I, I can tell you right now when I was born. I was born here in Georgia in 1945 in the middle of okay. uh, 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 the separate equal and all that, that uh, uh, racist junk going on in this country here. Uh, at that time, my parents here in Georgia, most of the blacks here in Georgia in 1945 was members of the Republican Party, the party Correct. of Lincoln. And I grew up uh, uh, in the party of Lincoln family. Of uh, all blacks, ninety percent of blacks uh, was uh, Republicans when I was born. Okay, now what happened to that? Over the years, now they start the Democrats started pulling blacks away from the Republican Party with uh, uh, Roosevelt back during the Depression. Sure. That thing lasted until he died in 1945. Blacks were still about fifty percent Republicans. Uh, as time went on, mm-hmm. uh, 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 uh. The the Republican Party uh, uh, ran away from the blacks because the Dixiecrats in the South, the white Dixiecrats in the South, uh, wanted to uh, separate themselves from uh, uh, the blacks here, and they started joining the Republican Party because they was pissed off at Kennedy uh, back there for uh, uh, sending marshals down in the South there. So they uh, uh, to get back at Kennedy, they all decided that they would become Republicans and, and uh, 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 tear that party up. So right now what you have in the Republican Party is all the whites that used to be Dixiecrats here in Georgia uh, uh, in the Republican Party. And there's no way in the world, that's when I got out of it, because there's no way in the world the Dixiecrats of Thomas Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee can coexist with the Republican Party of Abraham Lincoln. Those two uh, groups cannot uh, 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 coexist. And what we're seeing now is the Republican Party imploding right in front of our face because of that uh, marriage made in hell of the old Southern Dixiecrats uh, uh, married into uh, the uh, Republicans of Lincoln. And, and it's destroying the Republican Party. That's why I won't have anything to do with the Republican Party now. I'm an independent. Like I said, I vote uh, you know, for the best candidate. But that's just a little history of the Republican Party from my perspective. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. you have to be... Uh, uh, and I must say this: uh, it, it won't be long, brother, before uh, black folk, like they ran away from the Republican Party at one point, uh-huh. uh, give, give it give it about five more years. Uh, Negroes gonna be running away from the Democratic Party. It's, well, it's just a cycle. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> so, well, 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 off of one slave plantation uh, and said, well, hey, we're going to go next door. 
and <laughs> you get on another. Uh, hey, yeah. hey, so you're going hey, back what, and forth. You're going back and forth. Saying, <laughs> what you saying? We damned if we do and damned if we don't. Is that what right? <laughs> hey man, hey, I got I, I ran up against a break, man. It was nice talking to you. Call okay. back in to the show back for us. All right, bro. Yeah, peace we'll out. Nice talking to you. Mm. Nice talking to you. Okay. Later. Hey y'all. Uh, we uh we ran up against a break there. Nice talking to the gentleman from uh, Michigan there. Yeah, we uh we just hope everybody stays as in tune to the political process as he is and uh uh we can't go to sleep, y'all. We can't go to sleep here in this country cuz uh uh it's just too important. I mean, we've been had uh somebody's foot on our throat for 400 years here. We uh <laughs> it's time for us to rise up, y'all. Hey, we're going to take another quick pause for the calls. Uh, we'll be right back. You got me hushbo uh, driving this train this evening. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushbo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to the Hesperville Black Forum. We are celebrating uh, Black History Month. To that end, we're going to queue up. That little piece we want to queue up for you for this occasion. It's such an important uh, time. We're going to let you listen to a little of uh, the Reverend Freddie Hayes. We're going to let you listen to just a little of of the Reverend Freddie Hayes. We're going to play about three or four minutes. We want to see if we can get into it, see if we can get the feel for it. And uh, we're going to come back on the back end and talk a little a bit about what he's talking about. And then I got a, a session on, uh, we're going to be taking a look at uh, Henry McNeil Turner. is our uh, honoree for Black History Month. We're going to try to cover a little of his history. Uh, most of y'all don't realize who Henry McNeil Turner is or know anything about him. Uh, if you lived in Atlanta, you'd have an idea because we got a big... Uh, we got a high school here. Turner High School is named after him, and uh, the guy's just a fascinating uh, uh, story. One of our greatest uh, 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 black heroes, one of my uh, 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 biggest heroes uh, in terms of uh, advocating on our behalf and uh, uh, moving our uh, struggle forward. Henry uh, McNeil Turner. We're going to get into him uh, after uh, you listen to a little of Freddie Hayes.
you ain't landed nowhere. And that is what we've been able to do this year, but it began last year. And I think that that is why we've got to keep destruction going. Just like now, Martin and, 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 and uh, Charles Steele and, and many of us announced yesterday, we're going to Washington November 16th. Because you can't stop at Jesus. The fight has been, and we laid it out at the first social justice conference at Friendship West in Dallas. This is a fight that started since this nation started. A, not only with chattel slavery, but whether or not this country was going to be controlled by the states or by a centralized government. That's what the Civil War was all about. And what we're looking at is states' rights versus a federal government. Louisiana said we'll handle it in our state. We don't have a hate crime for hanging with nuisance for juveniles. We're saying the federal government, but you've got to protect federal law. We're saying Florida's saying, well, the boot camp thing, that's a Florida thing. Georgia's saying, well, Janalo Wilson, that's a Georgia thing. That's states' rights. And many of us that are in the pulpit don't understand we are not fighting conservatives. We're fighting confederates. These people are committed to a confederate form of government. And every time blacks allow them to slip back into states' rights, that's how they kept slavery under states' rights. That's how they kept segregation under states' rights. The only thing that protects us is a centralized federal government that's held accountable. That's why we've got to take the fight to Washington. I just tell Freddie Hayes, people say to me, why haven't the federal government done anything? The question is why we haven't demanded they do something. Well, did y'all think they were going to wake up one morning and volunteer to help? When have we gone to the Justice Department in mass? But if we sit around waiting on them to break in the news and say we've decided we're going to be nice to Negroes today, that ain't never happened. So based on what pressure is the Justice Department going to respond? And if we haven't put the pressure there, that's what the 16th is about. Come on in. Welcome this morning, Judge Greg Mathis joining us. Oh, Come on in,
That was a little of uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton back in uh, back in 2007. We didn't get to the Reverend Hayes there because we wanted to uh, uh, look like our time is going to allow us to uh, get our uh, featured uh, black hero uh, in celebrating black history here, uh, Henry McNeil Turner. Uh, Henry McNeil Turner. Let's see if we can just give you a little uh, of his bio, and then we'll talk about uh, getting uh, to him a little more from uh, my book, Racism and Hate in American uh, Reality. We did a whole uh, segment on uh, Henry McNeil Turner. Uh, let's see if we can uh, pull him back up here. We're... Uh, uh, Hmm. Hmm. Let's see here. We're trying to, uh, get to Henry McNeil Turner. Let's see. What do we do with it now, y'all? Okay, here we go. Let's bring him over here so that we can kind of give you a little background on him. This is from uh, just uh, Google, uh, Google him that came up in that his bio. Henry McNeil Turner, born February 1st, 1834. He died May 8th, 1915. He was a minister, a politician, and uh, the first Southern bishop of the African Methodist, Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, he was a pioneer in Georgia, organizing new congregations of the independent black denomination after uh, the American Civil War. Uh, he joined the AME Church in St. Louis in 1958, in 1858, where he became a, a minister. Later, he became uh, uh Pastorates in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. In 1863, uh, during the American Civil War, Turner was appointed as the first black chaplain in the United States Colored Troops. Uh, so he was a chaplain in the Civil uh, uh, War, uh, appointed by uh, the Republicans, uh, Abraham Lincoln. He had... Uh, uh, hooked up with the Republicans there before that Civil War started up around Washington, D.C. and uh, Baltimore, Maryland, where he was preaching at. Uh, after the war was over, he was appointed to the Freedmen's Bureau in Georgia. Uh, became uh, a postmaster general in Macon, Georgia, uh, in 1865. Uh, uh one of the most significant events, and this is from my book, Racism and Hate, uh, dealing with uh, Henry uh, McNeil Turner, and we're going to be uh, reading from the book, Chapter 6 uh, uh, of uh, that book, Racism and Hate in American Reality. Uh, one of the most significant events that took place politically here in, uh, here in Georgia occurred during Reconstruction. According to the mandates of the federal government, the southern states had to rewrite their uh, state constitution to adhere to uh, the 13th, 14th, and later on the 15th Amendments. 
of the uh, United States Constitution. They also had to uh, hold new elections with the new con- uh, Constitution in place. Uh, so they had to comply with uh, this, uh, supposedly, in order to get back into the Union, although they uh, found some rather nefarious ways to uh, get around it, although most of them did uh, have to comply with those uh, new amendments, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment. Uh, of course, we know President Andrew Johnson pretty much led all of the southern states back into the Union and pretty much gave them uh, carte blanche uh, authority after that Civil War. Uh, yeah, if y'all, if anybody can tell me a worse president than uh, than Andrew Johnson, uh, y'all let me know. If anybody knew of a worse president than that scoundrel, uh, uh, I. Send the Hushmo uh, email. Uh, let him know uh, uh, who you think was the worst president. I haven't been able to come up with one. Uh, anyway, the citizens uh, of the state of Georgia in 1868 legally elected for the first time some 25 black state representatives and two black uh, state senators to the Georgia General Assembly. This is 1868 now, during Reconstruction. Uh, when black folks was emancipated and for the first time got to uh, participate in the political process here in Georgia, here in the country, really. Uh, and remember, Georgia had some 500,000 uh, Americans of African descent at the end of the Civil War. Almost 40% of the population, probably pretty close, and if they had accounted them right, it probably would have been uh, uh, close to the 50% of the state population was black at that time. On the first day of the legislature gathering in uh, July of 1868, the Democrats who controlled the legislature, uh, legislative branch of the government in Georgia at the time refused to seat the newly elected, uh, elected uh, black representatives on the ground that the state constitution nor the federal government, uh, constitution allowed for colored people to hold office. They just allowed them to vote. Can you imagine that? They made the argument after 25 black representatives and two uh, black state senators was elected to uh, represent their constituents here in the state uh, that, uh, no, uh, they wouldn't seat them because they uh, contended that the Constitution, the newly found Constitution with the 13th, 14th Amendment, uh, 15th Amendment in place, still didn't allow for blacks to hold office. Can you imagine that? It allowed them to vote, <laughs> but they couldn't hold office to represent uh, the constituencies uh, who had voted them uh, uh, in office. An argument over that issue ensued, and two months later, all 27 of the black officials here in Georgia was expelled from the General Assembly, leaving the 500,000 blacks in the state in this political purgatory without their newly elected officials. They expelled all the blacks uh, two months later, y'all. <laughs> uh, this proved to be politically devastating for my family, along with uh, the rest of the blacks uh, in the South. It pretty much negated all of our political input into our own government. This was worse than taxation without uh, representation. This proved over time to be a form of 20th century genocide. 
that's how bad that was, y'all, because what ensued after uh, they got rid of the, the uh, black representation here in Georgia, uh, uh, Georgia passed all these separate equal laws that uh, pretty much separated us out of uh, 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 society, uh, prevented us from economically uh, 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 advancing uh, in this new uh, found freedom that we had uh, at uh had got uh, through uh, the uh, emancipation uh, uh, of 1863, but uh, uh, yeah, it says uh, the documented trail of lynching, bombing, burning, and bloodletting that occurred during the period of the separate equal laws is nothing short of genocide. <laughs> A trail of horror that included the race riots of East St. Louis in 1917, the burning of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921, the Rosewall, Florida massacre of 1923, and hundreds of other less spectacular events such as the murder of Emmett Till in 1955, the Birmingham church bombers in 1963, and on and on and on and on. Uh, 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 the uh, 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 horrendous uh, 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 massacre of uh, black folks here in this country after after the Civil War was over, y'all, after the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment was put in place. Uh, even though the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that blacks had a right to be seated here, we're going back to uh, the expulsion of uh, the blacks out of uh, the General Assembly here in 1868, uh, they took uh, the state of Georgia to court, took it all the way to the Supreme Court. That thing took uh, uh, about two years to go through, of course. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled in the blacks' favor, had a right to be seated. It was too late because the state legislature had dissolved, and by the time new election was held in 1870, the state of Georgia had set about putting in the Jim Crow laws and intimidation mechanisms at the voting polls that prevented blacks, with few exceptions, from holding office in the state of Georgia for the next 100 years. For the next 100 years. That's how devastating that thing was. That's how devastated blacks was because of uh, uh, the actions of uh, uh, the state of Georgia's government there by expelling uh, the duly elected uh, black representatives there after the Civil War during Reconstruction. Uh, one of those gentlemen, uh, one of those black representatives that was elected from uh, Bibb County, that's Macon, was Henry McNeil Turner. This guy who had been a uh, a bishop, who had been a chaplain in the the colored army uh, uh, fighting in that Civil War who had uh, been elected postmaster general of uh, Bibb County or Macon, uh, that Henry McNeil Turner was elected to the Georgia uh, uh, legislature as a senator. Uh, uh, and he was one of the 27 who was expelled, who was refused uh, 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 the state, government of Georgia refused to seat them. The duly elected representatives of the people was refused uh, 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 to be seated here in government. And that thing devastated us. 
That's one of the uh, uh, reparations arguments, just that event alone. Mr. Uh, Turner, a dynamic speaker who was also a preacher and had served in the Union Army as a chaplain in one of the colored troop divisions and was an official of the Freedmen's Bureau here in Georgia, was the main one that the whites feared the most. He first became politically active while preaching around Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland, prior to the Civil War former relationships with the powerful Republicans in Congress at the time. This would later lead to his appointment in the Freeman Bureau, but also as Postmaster General of Macon here in Georgia. Uh, I, I'm reading this from my book, Racism and Hate, uh, Chapter 6 uh, uh, of that book. Uh, uh, it's a, uh, a write-up on Henry McNeil Turner. Uh, uh, one of the first black elected officials here in Georgia who was refused his uh, seat in uh, the, the Georgia legislature back in 1868 after the Civil War. Uh, he was also one of the leading figures in the AME Church, which was one of the fastest-growing black churches at the time here in Georgia and Alabama, with membership in the tens of thousands. And by the time Mr. Turner became bishop in 1880, the AME Church had some 470,000 members, <laughs> mostly uh, 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 here in the South. So not only was he politically uh, uh, well-connected with the Republicans in Washington, D.C., he also had a tremendous spiritual following here in Georgia. I suppose he was like our Black Moses at that time, trying to lead us uh, through this new political purgatory we found ourselves in, because he, uh, uh, of all the black uh, uh, politicians or uh, uh, leaders at that time, he really was hooked up with the uh, Republican government and knew uh, about this uh, 46 million acres that were set aside in the Southern Homestead Act. He knew the ins and outs of that thing and how important that land was to the newly freed blacks. Uh, 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 he was also a chief advocate, it says, of the newly freed blacks acquiring the land that was part of the 46 million acres set aside in the Southern Homestead Act of 1866. He knew all too well how critical it would be to have significant black political voice in the government of Georgia in order for this, uh, in order for this to happen, because the general white population was dead set against allowing the newly freed blacks access to any land. Because they know as soon as the blacks got land, they was going to run away from those previously uh, uh, white plantations and the uh, what was in store for them uh, working this sharecropper share scheme and uh, stuff like that after that war. The black slave was going to run like crazy to that 46 million acres had they known or had access to it. The, the whites with the separate equal laws did everything they could and successfully uh, uh, prevented them from uh, accessing uh, the vast majority of that land uh, and repealed uh, that Southern Homestead Act uh, 10 years later in, 1870, in 1876. Mr. Turner made the following objection to the state legislature on being expelled from that body. Today his word serves as a powerful witness to the political injustice suffered by millions of Americans. We're going to uh, 
so he got up and protested in front of the Georgia legislature uh, legislature uh, before they expelled him. Uh, I want to read his uh, his speech uh, that day. Just a powerful, powerful speech, y'all. Y'all get this. Uh, go out and Google it. Uh, uh, Reverend Henry McNeil Turner, I claim the rights of a man uh, given to the Georgia legislature in 1868. I'm quoting it. African Methodist Episcopal minister and later Bishop Henry McNeil Turner emerged immediately after the Civil War as one of the most ardent defenders of African-American rights. Turner was also among the first group of Reconstruction era African-American elected officials. In July 1868, Turner was among the two state senators and 25 black Republican state representatives elected in, at the server of the Georgia legislature. Less than two months later, Georgia Democrats the majority of the legislation boldly expelled all of the black members. On September 3rd, 1868, Turner stood before the assembled representatives and denounced the legislators who had refused to seat the African-American uh, senators and representatives. That speech was thus. He... Hear ye, he, hear ye, hear ye, he is Mr. Speaker. Uh, well, before proceeding to argue this question upon its intrinsic merits, I wish the members of this house to understand the position that I take. I hold that I am a member of this body, therefore, sir, I shall neither find nor cringe before any party, nor stoop to beg them for my rights. Some of my colored fellow members in the course of their remarks took occasion to appeal to the sympathies of members on the opposite side and to eulogize their character for magnanimity. It reminds me very much, sir, of slaves begging under the lash. I am here to demand my rights and to hurl thunderbolts at the men who would dare to cross the threshold of my manhood. There is an old aphorism which says, "Fight the devil with fire, and if it should observe, and if I should observe the rule of this instance, I wish gentlemen to understand that it is but fighting them with their own weapons." The scene presented in this house today is one unparalleled in history of the world. We're gonna—I <laughs> I thought I was gonna have time. I missed time this, but we're gonna bring Henry McNeil Turner back to you all next week. We're gonna finish uh, uh, his presentation to the Georgia House of Representatives. Uh, uh, just a powerful speech, y'all. We won't dare let you go without. Uh, I'll finish hearing the speech. We'll uh, start it all over again next Saturday. Uh, next Saturday, March. Uh, that will be March 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, March 6. We'll be right back here next uh, week. Uh, y'all have a good night. Uh, it's been fun being with you out here today. Until next week, uh, y'all be good. Ciao. We out of here. The Hushmo Black Bone. Advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. 
Check us out at the Highsmore Black Phone, www.blogtalkradio.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.